to you. <laughs> in life, I've come to realize that the enemy, when God wants to do something in your life, the enemy begins to throw everything he has at you. A year ago, we were not reaching much people. We had a TV program in Nigeria. Not, it was not really a lot of people. And God led us to start this new, new one we were doing with Silver Bird, Go TV, and there's a, a third station. And all of a sudden, it's just like from 2 million to 4 million to 6 million people. From here, every Sunday and every Saturday for 30 minutes, they listen to us. And it's like, God takes you to a new level, and the devil is so mad, and he just brings all his attacks, and he intensifies them just for you to give up. But let me tell you something. God, when he has his hand on your life, when everything begins to happen, you try. You have to sit down and tell yourself, why all of these things happening? Why? Here I am to preach. My daughter sang, and then the enemy tries to attack her. But we know, and this message that I'm about to preach, we know the, the way the enemy works. I don't know why he's not sensible enough to know that we know his tricks. In the presence of God. I know you have asked the same question before. Why are all these things happening to me? Why are all my hopes and expectations being dashed? Why is my life not a more straightforward road? Why all the twists and all the turns? Why? Why if I'm following God, if I'm following Christ, if I'm doing everything he told me to do, why is my life not easier than this? You have asked the question, I know. I have asked the question. And sometimes I still do. But you know what? I picked this, the jigsaw puzzle, because it speaks a lot to me. I'm not a jigsaw puzzle fan, but my children like to do jigsaws. And they like to do those ones that are like thousand pieces. And when they bring that thing and they put it on the, on the dining table, I just get overwhelmed. It's very intimidating. But I've noticed the trick my children use. They saw through all that, all those pieces, all those, they all look like exactly the same. They search through all of them and they're looking for four pieces. They look for those four pieces. They put one on the right, put one down here, put one there, and put one there. And then they go back and start to look for all the ones that line up this way. They put them in the si- in the, in, on the side. They go back and look for all the ones that line up this way, put them this way. And before you know it, they form the little circle or a little square. And then it doesn't look that confusing anymore. And little by little, little by little, you start to see a picture come out. You start to see it makes sense. The two pieces that you thought were identical, they are not really identical. That is the same with you. That is the same with me. When God is doing things in our life, each piece on his own doesn't make sense. Each part of his own 
doesn't make sense. But be patient with God. Be patient with yourself. And get those four pieces. And those four pieces are what I'm going to be talking to you today. If you have those four pieces in place, God will begin to show you with time what he is doing. And God will begin to make the picture clear. Because at the end of the day, there is a purpose to all of this. There is a purpose to all of this. God is not a God of no purpose. God purposes. He's a master planner. He's a master planner. And so you have to realize that. That when everything is coming against you, every trouble is coming against you, it's like you have your hand around one, there are three for you to try and take care of. You put out this fire, there are four more fires. There is a reason for it. This message I pray today, not only will it encourage you to stand, despite what the enemy does to you, but that you will use this. Anybody you see, take the scriptures down. Because there are a lot of people asking the same questions. So that you now can be the one that will carry this message to them. A message of hope. Amen? First Peter verse, uh, chapter 4, verses 12 to 13. He said, Beloved, do not take it, think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Is to try you. Don't think it strange as though some strange thing is happening to you. God is trying to try you. Because you see, with more, if God wants to give you more responsibilities, He has to stretch you for you to be able to carry that responsibility. So God will try you and will bring tests, allow tests and trials, one after the other, after the other. But He says here, don't think it is strange. It is not strange. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. It says, Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. This is Paul speaking. And sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborers in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you, encourage you concerning your faith. Listen, number 3 verse 3 is where I want to go. That no one should be shaken... By these afflictions, put the scripture up please so they can see it. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions. Listen, for you yourselves know that we are appointed. There are some afflictions you are appointed to. If you get home, please read, put the scripture up. If not, it's, it's in First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. It says that no one should be taken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. First Peter 1, verse 7. It says that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, Though it is tested by fire, may be found what? To praise, honor, 
and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So when all these things are happening, what says this is the, God wants to see how genuine your faith is. He wants to see if this thing you are really talking about, do you mean it? You know there's fake gold, there's genuine gold, right? There's, uh, what do you call it, fake jewelry. And there's the real thing. God says, everybody may not know. I may, I may be wearing something fake now, but you all will know it's fake, you know. <laughs> but God says, the trials will let everybody know what, what you really are made of. When the heat is on, that's when God will really know, okay, I want to know if I can trust this man, if I can trust this woman with the kingdom. Because at the end of the day, it's never about us. And I, I'm going to show it to you as I go along. God will test us like he tested Abraham. We read the story, we read the end of their story now. But when they were passing through it, they would tell you the same thing. Why is God silent? Why am I going through this? Why are things not straight for me? Why do I have to suffer like this? But when we read the story of Abraham now, we forgot that for 25 years, God gave him a promise. And it took 25 years. We read the story of Joseph now. We know that Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt. But it took Joseph 14 years of being betrayed by his brothers, being thrown into the pit, being sold as a slave, being in the house of Potiphar, being accused by Potiphar's wife, going to prison, being in prison for how many years before God took him from the prison to the palace. We read it now because we see the beginning and the end. But when he was going through it, he felt God had abandoned him. But the Bible will always say, and God was with Joseph. And God was with Joseph. And you are saying, how can God be with Joseph and allow him to go through this? How can God be with Joseph and allow trouble after trouble after trouble? The first thing we will think is, what sin did he commit? He must have done something wrong. No. Joseph at the end said, now... I see that what you meant for evil, God meant it for good to save what? Many lives. That's why we must, no matter how it is, no matter how hard and painful it is, we must keep standing. Because lives are hinging on you standing. Destinies are tied to you standing. Not just you. This is not about you. And we'll see it in the scriptures. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. He says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. Daniel chapter 11. I have a lot of scriptures. I mean, last night it was amazing. Almost like... Because I couldn't sleep very much. Because this was, I, I, in fact, I was preparing this message. It was something that I needed for myself. And, and I felt that this, this, for me, this put a lot of things to rest. This, this message I'm preaching to you all today put a lot of things to rest. And to see what happened this morning, I know without a doubt that God is in it. I know without a doubt that this church is going somewhere. 
I know without a doubt that souls are being saved and the enemy is hopping mad. And you know what? We aren't stopping. This woman, I'm not stopping for the devil. Daniel chapter 11 verse 35 in King James Version. It says, And some of them of understanding shall fall. Let us think in. And some of them that have understanding about the things of God, about how God operates, that are wise about the things of God, they know the ways of God, they know the purposes of God, they know the patterns of God. They have walked with God, they have understanding. God says they will fall. He says why? To try them. And to purge. And to make them white. Even to the time of the end. Because it is yet for a time appointed. Can I tell you today? Even if you feel like you're on your knees. Even if you feel like the enemy or whatever your troubles. that It's not the enemy. I want to believe that God is allowing it. It's not the enemy. God is allowing some things in your life to just crash. And he's watching. Why? Because he wants to try you. Can you carry, can your shoulder carry the responsibility he has for you? Can you be expanded enough to do what he wants to be? God is not going to put anything on anybody who is not willing or who is not ready to destroy his people that he, Jesus bought, for, bought with his blood. He's going to purge you. You know what it is to be, to be purged? Who has ever done a colonoscopy here? That's what it means to be purged. Everything comes out. <laughs> when you take that thing, those of you who don't know what it is, when you get home, read it. All day, all night, it purges you. There's nothing of you left in there. Your colon is clean. God says he will let things happen to do that to you. To clean you of yourself. To clean you of your pride. To clean you of whoever you think you are. He will clean you so much so that all of him can go in there. And that's what the scripture is saying. It says he will make you white. Which means he will make you pure. The righteousness is put on you will match the, the works and the righteousness that you carry. You will carry it right. And it says he's doing this because of the end that we are in. The end that is coming. He says don't worry. It may seem very hard but it's going to only be for a point time. It's not forever. No matter how you think it's been forever, it's not going to be forever. It's only for an appointed time. So you just hold on. And do these four things. If you do these four things, I'm going to tell you that God opened my eyes to see you will be okay. With, with Joseph, Joseph said everything that was going on with him, he could see the finger of one word. Just one word he could go through and see. And that was the word good. It didn't look good, but good was coming out of it. He was sold by his brothers. It didn't look good, but there was good. He was put in prison. What is good in prison? But it was good. I lost my husband. What is good in that? But it was good. He says in Genesis 50, 20, he says, but for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day. To save 
many lives. Genesis 50, verse 20, Theresa. Psalm 119, verse 71. He said, it is good for me. <laughs> when I read some of these scriptures last night, I'm like, excuse me, Lord. He said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. It is good when those troubles come. He says, rejoice when you face fiery trials. In our, the ways of God are so much higher than our ways. We can never understand them. But when God tells you to rejoice in the face of evil or in the face of, of trouble... Try and do it. In Romans 8.28, he says, And we know that all things work together for good. That's the word, good, 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 for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So what are those four things? Let's quickly go to them. The first corner piece is you must remain confident in God's love for you. You must remain confident. You must hold fast to that truth that God loves you. Because when things begin to happen, the first question the enemy will ask you is, if God loves you, why is all this happening? If you say God loves you, how can this happen? How can this happen? How can this happen? So you must not let... That's the first piece you have to make sure you look for and secure and put in that first corner. That God loves me. He has loved me with an everlasting love. The Bible says in, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. That we should be called the children of God. What manner of love? It's like what extent, what lavish love is this? That he pulled us, us, human beings, that he created out of dust and called us his own children. Remember that. Jeremiah 31 verse uh, 3, chapter 31 verse 3. He says, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. You must draw your strength. From the fact that God loves you. That all of this that is going on has gone through his hand. And he has looked at it like Job and looked at it and said, okay, let it, yeah, let it happen to him, let it happen to her. There's going to be purpose out of this. Something's going to, something good is going to come out of this. So realize that God loves you and that the silence of God is not the absence of his love. When God is silent, doesn't mean he doesn't love you. When Jesus was born, for 30 years, 33 years, we didn't hear anything. God didn't speak to him again. God never spoke to Jesus after him. We heard about him when he was 12. But the Bible says during that time, Jesus was growing in wisdom, in favor with men, and in favor with God. When you don't hear God, when God is silent, that's when you begin to develop yourself. Rest in his love and begin to develop yourself in wisdom, in understanding, in the things of God. Because you know that his silence is not his absence. And believe me, people will come to you and ask you questions. 
You've done, you said you've done this. You've said you've done this. You said God loves you. Where is God in all of this? Don't be part of anyone who wants to mock God. Never be part of anyone who mock, wants to mock God. Don't be part of it. Tell them I know God loves me. I don't understand it, but I know. I know that I know that I know that nothing will ever separate me from the love of God. I know, I know, I know, I know. And then with that, you must love God too. This is a love affair. This is a love affair. Because in Romans 8, 38, it says, I know that all things work together for good to who? To those who love God. So if you love God just as much as he loves you, this love affair, you can rest. All things are working together for good. All things, including the loss of that job, including that terrible diagnosis, including the home going of a loved one, including whatever, is all going to work for good. It is all going to love, because you love God, and God loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Job 1, 20-22. Look at how Job responded when he lost everything. Verse 20 says, Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his uh, head, and fell to the ground and did what? And worshipped. He didn't complain. He worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He says, in all of this, Job did not sin, nor charge God for doing wrong. That's why I said, when you are around people who want to mock God, because of what is happening to either you or to them, leave that place. Don't ever allow anybody to mock God. And you, please, don't ever do that. It's okay to say, Lord, I trust you. I don't understand what's going on. But God is not responsible. He doesn't have to give you an answer about what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing. Amen? Number two, you are a part of a big picture. You are a part of a big picture. If you read Matthew chapter 1, I always wonder why are they just using a whole chapter of this one begat this, this one begat this, this one begat this. What is the purpose of us begatting, begatting, begatting? The reason is, God wants to show you that all of those people, there's a link between every single one of them. You can't take one of them and isolate them. There's a link between this man and his son, and there's a link between that man and his son, and he wants to show you how that link, how everything linked up and came to Jesus. When you read, when, when, if you were Ruth, lost your husband, lost your, uh, your brother-in-law, lost your father-in-law, lost your home, and then you have to follow your mother-in-law to a foreign country and be with her, not knowing, we read the story now, we know she met Boaz and, and they got married and, and she's the great-grandmother of King David. But when she was going through that, do you think she didn't say, God, why are all, all these things happening to me? But you see, she was, she was part of a big picture. It's the same with you. 
You don't know what God is planning. Joseph, when he was being sold, betrayed, going through all of that he went through, he didn't realize that because of him, the whole nation of Israel will be saved. The whole nation of Egypt would be saved. The, his, his, uh, uh, his life will affect the butler and the baker. All of that that happened, his brothers, his life will speak to them, they will become changed men. All because of what he went through. If you take one isolated incident, it doesn't make sense. It's the same with our lives. If you take one isolated incident in your life, if you take one piece of that puzzle, it doesn't make sense. You're, you're wondering, but when you begin to feed it to everything, and you look back, you can say, oh, sometimes the puzzle is not even, maybe, maybe you've only done one eighth. And you look back, maybe God is doing something in you. Just two years ago, you look back and you're like, whoa, I still don't understand what's in front of me, but look at what God has done in the last two years. You are part of a picture. You are part of a picture. So what's happening to you? There are people's destiny hinging on how you handle what God has allowed in your life. If you give up, there's somebody who might never get saved. There's a nation, if Joseph gave up, we might not have the nation of Israel today. We might not have the nation of Egypt today. But because one man was willing to go through when he did not understand what God was doing, yet he chose to love God, yet he chose to have integrity, he did not sleep, he could have slept. Listen, a word about compromise. If Joseph had slept with Potiphar's wife, his life would have been better, right? Because she would make sure, oh, he's handsome, he's young. She will take care of him so she can have the affair with him. He will have a life that is seemingly better than what he was before he was, but it was so much more less than what God had for him. He kept his integrity. He refused to compromise. In face of whatever you're going through, never, never compromise with the enemy. Never do that. He might seem initially that he's giving you something, but everything he gives, you have to pay for it. Satan doesn't give, give uh, gifts free. He doesn't give gifts free of charge. Don't compromise. Stay on it. Let, let the fire come. Those, those Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... They saw the fire. They saw the fire. They heard the Nebuchadnezzar saying, make it harder, seven times harder. Did they bow? Did they compromise? Did they know before they went in that the fourth man would be there? They didn't know. That's what I keep telling you. Don't, we read the Bible, now we see the end. But those people, when they were going through it, is similar to what we are going through right now. They hit up that thing and they threw them in. It was after they threw them in that Jesus appeared. So if he doesn't appear when the fire is hot, seven times hotter than it was when it started, doesn't mean he's absent. He's still there. God is working in a big picture. He's working in a variety of lives, in a variety of circumstances. He's working all things together. For good. Number three, get comfort.
from the word of God. When things don't make sense, get the word of God, engage the word of God to draw comfort from scriptures. Draw comfort from scriptures. The Bible says in Romans 15 verse 4, For whatever things were written before, were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of scriptures might have hope. Everything that is in the scriptures is for us to learn from. I've given you several examples this morning of Joseph, of Ruth, of Abraham, can go on and on. David, I can give you Deborah, Gideon. You read those scriptures and you're like, whoa. But it says it's written for us, for our learning. So you can say, okay, yeah. This would give me hope. Abraham waited 25 years, but yeah, he ended up getting the son of promise. Oh, Job lost everything. But the Bible says at the end of his life, he had twice what he lost. Oh, Jabez brought sorrow to everybody. His mother even named him sorrow. But he went to God and said, No, Lord, I don't want to bring sorrow anymore to anybody. Please, God, take this coat of sorrow away from me. And the Bible says at the end of his life, he was more honorable than his brothers. He says these things are written for us to learn and to give us hope and comfort. So get scriptures. Whatever you are going through, find scriptures that will give you comfort and hope. If it's for healing, find scriptures on healing. If it's for finances, find scriptures that says he owns the cattle on the thousand hill and he will take care of you. Find scriptures that will give you hope and comfort. Write them down. Put it in front of you, on your mirror, on your dashboard, anywhere you can at your home. So that when you see those scriptures, your heart is encouraged. And then the last thing, remain joyful. Remain joyful. If the enemy can take your joy, he's won. Let him come expecting to see you sad and and crying and and down and, and depressed. Let him come and meet you. Praising the Lord. Dancing in your room all by yourself. Say, Lord, I thank you. I don't know what you're doing, but I give you praise. I give you praise because I know what you are doing is for good. No matter what you lose, don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. The joy is what will make you a champion. The joy is what programs you for victory. It confuses Satan when he comes and meets you joyful because it's like, what else can I do? Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It doesn't say to rejoice for the trouble, but rejoice in, in it. Rejoice in the midst of trouble. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yields no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the old, and there be no herd in the stalls. Can you imagine all, all that happening to one person? Calamity upon calamity. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength 
He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk in my high places. When I looked up, I said, deer, what makes a deer? Because if you watch some of this, this geographical stuff, you see them at the very cliff, on the edge of the cliff, and you're wondering why they're not falling. He says the deer's feet has cushion and traction on his, little, on, on, on his feet that makes them hang on. Even on those steep mountains, they hang on. And they are so agile, you're wondering why. Because anywhere their feet touches or their foot touches, it, there's traction, it holds traction. That's what joy does for us. Joy helps you to hold on, that you don't fall off. When you're joyful, it's, it's, it's attraction, it's, 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 it's that thing that holds on to God and says, I'm not letting go. Joy is that. So maintain your joy. Praise the Lord. Put music on in your room and your, by yourself. Dance yourself silly. Cry, but dance. Let the tears fall, but dance. Let the tears be falling, but praise the Lord. Choose the life of joy. Don't let the enemy take that from you. When you see me lifting my hands here, it's not because I don't have problems. When you see me praising the Lord and dancing, it's not because I'm not crying. I'm saying that I have a God who loves me. I have a God who is working according to His, not my purpose. God doesn't exist for me. I exist for Him. He doesn't have to please me. The fact that He saved me, if He doesn't do anything else for me, Oh my God, I'm going to live with him in eternity. That's enough for me. That's enough for me. I was talking to Pastor Al and Shelly. We were all here, some of you that were here, for two and a half years. They just went from, I mean, it couldn't have been worse. Not only did he lose his job, nothing. They were borrowing money from everybody. He had like two or three surgeries. First of all, it was his Achilles heel. And then his knee bust out. He was on his back for months. Credit cards like 90000 In all of that, some of some, I, I know, I, I, as we counseled with them. But when, when, when God came through, when God came through, in less than a year, they paid off everybody they owed, paid off all their credit cards, built a house, Right now, they are multi-millionaires. And I get, you gave me permission to say that, so I will say it. Amen. But if you had seen them five, six years ago, some of us that were here remember. So I'm going to encourage you this morning with this message. Take it to heart. Don't look at what you see. Look at, don't look at the things we see. The Bible says, look at the things unseen. Because the things unseen are the eternal things. The things you see with our eyes are only temporal. You can be going through one thing this minute, and the next minute, God says it's enough. David was at the back of the mountain. The very next day, he was in the palace as the king. Stand to your feet this morning. Stand to your feet this morning. I, want, I, really, I hope you have been encouraged. Because this encouraged me when I was preparing it. Encouraged me so much. Because I know no matter what the trial is, no matter what the trouble is, why are all these things happening to me? Why are all these things happening to me, you say? Why? Why? God loves you. You are part of a big picture. He hasn't abandoned you. You are part of a big picture. The Word of God has all the answers for you. Find what 
has to do with your situation and make yourself get comfort and hope from that. And then keep your joy. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Raise your hands with me this morning. Ah, God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that we know, we know, that we know, that we know, that we know. We know that we know that we know that we know that you are a faithful God. You are a faithful God. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. We give you all the praise this morning. We give you all the glory this morning. If you need healing in your body, just come out. Let me touch you and heal and and just pray healing over you. If you need healing in your body, just come out here. Let's pray for you. If you have a situation going on and you say, God, I've been encouraged, just come. Let me just hold your hands. I will just hold your hands. And all I will say is, God, let it be done according to His purpose. According to His purpose. No matter what is going on, never give up. Never, 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 never give up. And the rest of you, just stretch your hands out. And pray for these ones that are out here. Father God, I thank you that all things are working together for his good. Father, I thank you that no plan of the enemy will overtake. Oh God, I thank you that you have your hand. You're working out something good. Lord, I thank you that although it may not seem, we don't understand it now, Lord. But you are doing a great work here. Oh, lives will be affected, oh God. Lives will be saved, oh God. Lives will be encouraged, oh God, because of what you're doing. Oh God, questions and questions and questions. But Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you have all the answers. You have all the answers. And you know what you're doing. Father God, I just agree, oh God, with my sister today. That let your will, your purposes be fulfilled. Let it be what you want, oh God, not what we want. Let it be according to your will and according to your purpose. Because you said you've called us according to your purpose. You are weaving together a pattern. You are weaving together something mighty. And we are part of it. And it's an honor, honor and privilege to be part of your plan. We give you praise and we give you glory. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to ask questions anymore. We are not asking any more questions. We just trust. We just trust. We just trust. Because we know you are a good God. And we just trust you because we know you are a good God. We just trust you because we know you love us with an everlasting love. And so we just trust you today, God. We trust your love for us and we trust, oh God, that you know that we love you. Have all your way, Lord, in our lives. Every fear bind in the name of Jesus. Every fear, every tongue that has risen against this child of God, I find in the name of Jesus. 